Welcome to Bucks County Conversations. I'm Charlotte Reese. This is a production of the Bucks County Commissioner's Department of Communications and your source for real conversations happening within the Bucks County government. The conversation, be able to talk to people and have those conversations is really the thing that I see them lacking. Aside from that, we're looking good for the future. Today, we are talking about training and safety. So, hello, Bucks County. My name is Rich Fona. I'm the Director of Law Enforcement and Safety for the County of Bucks. My responsibility is making sure that the citizens and the employees of Bucks County are safe on a daily basis. Rich oversees training with pretty much any law enforcement department in Bucks County, with the exception of county detectives and corrections. Basically, go wherever I need to go. And later, all free programming. We chat with Carly Mannion from TMA Bucks or the Transportation Management Association. We aim to educate businesses and the general public about PennDOT and SEPTA related activities in our area. She's the Community Traffic Safety Program Manager, which means she's usually out and about. Sometimes I'm doing car seat checks, working with law enforcement. This week I'm headed to a daycare center and my big focus has been in high schools because it is prom season. This is Bucks County Conversations. Rich, thank you. Can you just give me a test, like say your name? And I was trying to, before I came down here, write some kind of intro for you. But I think that you just need to intro yourself because what is your title? That, that seems to be a question that a lot of people have. The official title is the Director of Law and Safety. Okay. So that is all-encompassing for the county's law enforcement slash security endeavors. So anything that has to do with park rangers, security, law enforcement training. So really the only thing we don't touch is um, county detectives and corrections. Other than that, all the other law enforcement departments in a county come through this office. Okay. So you went kind of from the training aspect to kind of just the overall director. Correct. And Bucks County was unique in the way that we really don't, we don't really have countywide law enforcement. We have park rangers, we have county detectives, but there's no, there was nobody really who liaison with the, the chiefs, the police departments. There's 39 police departments in Bucks County, and there's really nobody who coordinates with all of them. Over the years at the training center, I started doing that through direction through the commissioners and through the you know, EMA. You know, they wanted me to get more and more involved, so I did. I got more and more involved. I was involved in the, in the school safety representative for the county. So a lot of things that went above and beyond just police training, so to speak, became part of my duty. So beginning of the year, they asked me if I would take all of them on together and kind of make it, I don't want to say official, but more of a, of a countywide law enforcement department. And that's really what this has become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> Definitely. A lot. Yeah. But I mean, so let's like, you know, go back a little bit. What's kind of your background with Bucks County? What either brought you here or kind of got you involved? Right. So I started as a police officer in Warwick Township, Bucks County, back in 1987. At some point, and I, I remember probably about 1990, 
Harry McCann, who was the director of police training at the time, asked me if I would teach a class for him because I specialize in the police department, I specialize in accident investigation. He asked me if I would teach a class on accident investigation. I said, sure, that sounds exciting. So I did that and I started doing more and more for Harry. He asked me to do more training here and there. I eventually offered me a part-time position as a training coordinator, working for the county at the training center. That moved and continued to that point where, unfortunately, on May 3rd of 2013, I got hurt at work at the police department tore my elbow up and had four surgeries in my elbow. They couldn't fix it to the point where I could go back to work. So they retired me in July of 2014. And in September 2014, Harry retired, recommended me for the job as a training director. And I was fortunate enough to get selected to fill that position. So I started with the training center full-time September of 2014. I've been doing that up until beginning of this year when I moved into this new position. And that's a lot, again, (laughs) definitely. I feel like you do a lot of different trainings and classes. We do, on average, about 175. Well, I'll say before COVID, we were doing 175 programs a year, which is unheard of in the state. We have people coming to our training from as far away as Maryland, Virginia, things like that routinely. Then on specialized trainings, we'll have people sometimes come even further than that. So we do some command level training that people will travel from Texas from just because they have family here. So they kill two birds with one stone. But compared to other counties, you know, I would say that the Bucks County probably has the, I want to say the best law enforcement training program. I would say that selfishly, but... Really, if you look at them, we hold more programs than pretty much any of the counties in, you know, the southeastern portion of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. And aside from just, I mean, class sizes changing and obviously less trainings per year, how has just, I mean, you've been in this for a while. A lot has changed. How has trainings changed? Have you had to kind of change the way that you're training a new class or just the way you're interacting with, you know, different generations coming into law enforcement? Yeah, and that's huge because I also teach at the police academy down at Temple University and we see these you know, new generations coming into police officers and, and they deal with things a lot differently. Their communication skills are different. They're very technologically advanced, but a lot of them, their social skills are not as advanced because they never grew up that way. They grew up texting and talking on phones. And stuff. They didn't deal with people face to face. So we have to address that, I think, long term. We need to get them up to speed with being able to talk to people. And one of the biggest things I say in law enforcement, when I teach at the academy, and I just did it last week, was we as law enforcement got to learn to talk to people, not at them. We have a tendency of giving direction. We tell people what to do, but we don't talk to them. And that's really what becomes important, is giving people that voice. Because we haven't really changed the way we do things. We've adjusted things. The things that have happened over the last five years in law enforcement that degraded the public's opinion of law enforcement, we need to, to recoup that. And the way we do that is by getting back out in the community and dealing with people as people, talking to them as human beings. As you know, we can't demean people, we can't talk down to people. Even the people who are 
the less than desirables are still have some need to, to have a voice in, in the community. So that's really where the, the training focuses on. It focuses on giving people voice, giving them the, you know, the, the feeling that they're being considered, that we care about them. And we do. And I virtue would argue that, you know, by far the majority of the officers out there do care about the people. It's just that sometimes we get into that mindset of we're the authority, we're going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it. And I tell you, the new cadets as they come through, you're the future. You're going to be the ones that are going to change law enforcement to the positive. You know, my career is, is at the end part. It's now up to you. We pass the baton on to the next generation. And I think that we're going to be very well served by the next generation of officers because, man, I tell you what, I've never seen people as smart as these guys and girls. It's amazing what the, the knowledge base that they have. The only thing that we got to do is we got to teach them some of them social skills. The, the conversation, be able to talk to people and have those conversations is really the thing that I see them lacking. Aside from that, we're looking good for the future. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I mean, aside from police training, you're also, speaking of safety, very involved with safe driving, DUI task force. Can you talk a little bit about that side of law enforcement, too? Because you're out there front and center again. We are. And, again, Bus County has been the leader in the impaired driving as well as aggressive driving and occupant safety for, for years, long before I took over. We were one of the few countywide task force in Pennsylvania. And up until the last couple of years, it was just us, Chester County and Philadelphia were the only ones that were countywide in, in Pennsylvania. Now they've, they've reconfigured things, so there's more of them now. But we've been very successful in our impaired driving uh, initiative, as well as aggressive driving and occupant safety. We partner up with TMA. One of our highlights of the year is our Thanksgiving Eve it's a modified roving patrol, so basically what we do is we have officers from throughout the county that will basically patrol Street Road, which is arguably the largest thoroughfare in, in Bucks County. It goes from one side to the other, from all the way from Ben Salem all the way up through Warrington. And that's something that we've done for the last five years, and we've been very successful. And ultimately, our goal is not to arrest people, but our goal is to make people not go out and drive impaired. And at this point, there is no excuse to drive impaired. You know, with Uber and Lyft and all these other access that are out there, there's there's certainly no reason for anybody to be on the road driving impaired. Aggressive driving is becoming more and more of a concern for law enforcement. You know, people are just impatient. The pandemic was like, I guess, the the breath of fresh air when, you know, for me, I still came to work every day and driving to work and there was no traffic. It's like, man, this is great. But we've gotten back to the way we were before and, and people just have this high level of impatience. And impatience creates aggressiveness. Aggressiveness causes accidents. Accidents cause injuries. So there is a cause and effect to all of that. If we we can reduce some of that impatience in people and reduce some of that aggressive behaviors, then we can reduce crashes and reduce injuries to people. Mm -hmm. So it's been an important initiative throughout Bucks County for as long as I can remember, and I'm proud to be able to continue it. Mm -hmm. Why are these trainings so important? Like, obviously, this role is you know, you're training people across the board. So why is training what it is, What that it's the center for a lot of... Wow, uh, good questions here. Um, <laughs> training is important because we always need to stay fresh. Things change in, in law enforcement specifically, but in society generally, things change all the time. So when things change 
in society, it's not that important. We can slowly kind of morph into that. But when things change in law enforcement, it needs to be implemented right away. We can't wait. It's not like if there's a new court decision that comes out that changes some way that we do things. It can't be, oh, well, we'll wait six months till the next training session and get that, and we'll talk about that. It needs to be done right away. So everything seems to be very time sensitive in law enforcement. They got to be constantly pushing the current information out there to the officers so that they're equipped to do their job. Because if we don't train them properly and we don't equip them, then that's when they get in trouble. That's when they make mistakes because they're not up to date on whether it be current case law or current procedures or the way things are done. Those, those best practices that law enforcement need to do, they have to be up to date on it. So that's where the training becomes that much important is we got to make sure the departments have the resources in order to be able to provide their officers with the best information, you know, in a timely manner. So it keeps us all out of trouble. Yeah. And I guess, you know, what's kind of just something you want residents to know about our police departments out there or just law enforcement and our safety personnel in Bucks County? So, again, I'll, I'll tout the fact that Bucks County, I believe, has some of the best emergency response people anywhere. I put them up against anybody. In the law enforcement side, the biggest thing that we look at people is what do we need the public to do? We need them to not support us blindly. If an officer's wrong and it's proved out to be wrong, then absolutely they should be held accountable. But the fact is, is that give them the opportunity, just like anybody else, innocent until proven guilty. So if you may see something, you may think something, but you know, allow the opportunity for that officer or that department to investigate it, to look into it and explain. It doesn't always appear the way it looks in video. We see a lot of these videos of officers supposed, you know, improper behavior and then the community uproars about it. Well, you need to give them time for people to look into it and make a determination. And I truly believe in Bucks County, our district attorney's office has been fantastic in investigating officers, not just blindly supporting them, but you know, investigating when officers, when things have been questioned, they investigate the officer's actions and then come to a determination. That's the way the system has to work. If we don't like the system, we change it. But the fact is we work under the rules that we're given and the officers are held to that standard. We got to let them, we got to give them benefit of the doubt and have the community support behind them before the community revolts against them. Mm, that's great. Awesome. Anything else? I don't know. I'm exhausted and you've exhausted me. Thanks. I hope so. I think, um, I think something too that people forget is just that like your police, like especially local police departments are there all the time. The one time lower South, I live in lower South. I found a stray dog and like, I needed to get to work. Like I just put it in my car. I just dropped it off at the police station because I didn't know what to do. They, you know, put it in one of the police cars and took care of it. They, I called, they let me know that it safely made its way home and it's just, you know, it's what they do. It's the, the little stuff like that is the stuff that never draws attention. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's what the officers are out there doing every day, all day. It's the, you know, the mundane calls and complaints like that that we deal with every day that nobody really appreciates, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Nobody's asking for appreciation. It's only when the big stuff happens, then, you know, we look at them like, oh, look at them. They should have done this. They could have done that. Well, you know what? Maybe. Yeah. But you try and make those decisions. And it said the, the Supreme Court said, you know, in, in cases back in the, the late or early 80s that, you know, officers are burdened to make decisions in a split second. The courts will decide for years whether they were right or wrong. 
And it's very true, and we talk to the officers about that all the time. Like, you're going to make a call. You're going to make a decision. you got to stand behind it. you got to, you know, use your, your training, your experience to make those decisions. So you take all that information that you have and you use that to make your decisions. But then when you do, it's done. So you do the best you can. Rich also works with TMA Bucks on a regular basis. They have the, the educational grant through the state, and we have the enforcement grant. And vice versa. So we go hand in hand. I'm the one that is kind of the face of the program, and I am getting the education to the public and the community, but him and his officers are the ones that are enforcing what I'm educating on. TMA is a great partner, and, and Carly's fantastic with the outreach she's had through law enforcement through the county, so we're real happy to be part of that as well. Carly recently joined me via Zoom to talk about TMA Bucks and what they offer to the county for free. Carly, thanks so much for coming on Bucks County Conversations. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So, Carly, just to start, can you kind of break down what TMA Bucks exactly is? Sure. So TMA Bucks is a private nonprofit transportation management association, and we aim to educate businesses and the general public about PennDOT and SEPTA-related activities in our area. Um, and that helps to reduce traffic congestion on our roads and ultimately improve air quality, which is another topic that we focus on at the TMA. In the last year, the TMA also got to manage the Bucks County Community Traffic Safety Program in partnership with the County of Bucks and the TMA Bucks Foundation. And that's what I run. That's the program that I run out of the TMA. Um, so that program is more specific to working with law enforcement and local businesses and schools in our community to reduce the number of annual highway deaths in Bucks County. Mm -hmm. And I mean, schools, police departments, those are like very different things. Can you kind of explain what your role is or what your week kind of looks like with those different areas that you have to cover? Yeah, definitely. So my week is never the same, which is great. I like to be out and about. So I'm always in the community, whether that be at a class for police training or working, making sure that they're getting the proper training in Bucks County and setting those up with Rich. Sometimes I'm doing car seat checks. There's by appointment only still, so everyone can reach out and I go and I do car seat checks. And then other things that we do, I cover topics from anywhere between those car seat installations when we have a newborn all the way up to mature drivers and every safety topic in between from seatbelts to helmets to distracted driving. We do a little bit of everything. So depending on the time of year, we focus on those topics that are happening on the enforcement side and we kind of hit those a little bit harder. So sometimes this week I'm headed to a daycare center and I'm working with three to six year olds and we are doing some seatbelt safety. So I have a little Barbie car and we buckle her in and show that she'll fall out if she's not in the Barbie car wearing her seatbelt the right way. We have little books that we read and stuff. So it just really depends on the time of year and the topics that we're trying to hit. Right now, our main focus is on the teens because of prom season. They don't realize they're rushing. They're having fun with their friends and they don't realize those distractions in the car. So things like going to McDonald's and driving through the drive-thru with their music blasting and their friends are dancing in the back seat. Maybe they're not wearing their seatbelt. They forgot about it or they're just having a good time because the weather's warm and the windows are down. 
to slow down and kind of remember that you're in a lethal weapon and you're responsible for yourself and who's in your car and everyone else on the road as well. So I think that's been our main push right now is kind of educating that again that and it doesn't just have to be teen drivers. Adults do it too. They're if you stop at a red light, I guarantee you've seen someone texting and driving down the road and it doesn't have to be a 16-year-old. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing now is that the distractions are all over and all over those age groups. So we are headed into, they call it the 100 deadliest days of summer. And that just is, we see a lot more crashes of that time of year because of those distractions and the windows are down and people are rushing to get on vacation or they kind of forget that regular rule of the road and they're just moving a little bit too fast. So kind of to slow down, remember that you're in a car, put on that seatbelt and just give yourself some extra time. You don't have to rush to get to where you have to be. Yeah, definitely. I like how you said, you know, stopping at a red light and it's not always a teen on their phone or, you know, even putting on makeup or you see crazy stuff that people do on the road for sure. Yeah, definitely. You don't, I don't think I realized how often it is. I even had a class that I had taught in a high school and she said, well, I don't text and drive and you think you're getting through to them. And then she said, well, I have an Apple watch. And you kind of laugh because you're like, wait, what do you mean? And she was like, well, I just talked to my watch. But that's still a distraction. And it's those are things that we have to kind of evolve with the times because we were pushing, don't text and drive, don't text and drive, don't talk on the phone. And now things, technology's ahead of us and all different things that we're seeing with them in the car. And again, it's just not those teens. And sometimes I think they feel targeted and that we're kind of just hitting on them, but they're the ones that are going to make the biggest change. So you can't change an older person's ways if they don't want to wear their seatbelt because they haven't worn their seatbelt in 30 years it's harder to get through to them than it is that teenager so that's kind of why we focus in that age group the most wow yeah and even I mean hearing that that just goes to show how important these trainings are because you know we're constantly learning from the next generation and how we have to change the way that you know we teach or the way that they understand things It's totally true. And that's what I think is also goes into the side where Rich isn't involved with those trainings because the officers have to be up to date on so many different things too and making sure that they have the proper tools and educations to know what to look for nowadays. We have vape pens and so many different things that they've been trained on or are being trained on in the future because everything changes day to day so quickly with technology and and the new things and trends that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you mentioned like how big Bucks County is in general. Is there just things you want people to know about Bucks County or just what's available that, you know, you guys can really help people out with? So I think it's important. I grew up in Bucks County my whole life and never even knew about the TMA. So that's one of those things that I guess... I realized how big it is and how much they actually can do and help. And having this community traffic safety program, it's all free programming. So no matter what area, every school's different, every township's different, they have different problems. So right now I've been working with Newtown a little bit. They have some pedestrian issues. I've done Quakertown. They have a lot of walkers in one of their elementary schools that we were a little concerned about for that. Or you go a different way and there's different things with the mature drivers or your teen drivers where you want to focus more on those. We've done bike rodeos. There's so many different things to customize to 
what your needs are in the community. And that's what the TMA is kind of here to do with that free programming. Everything that I do is customizable with our program. So that really does help being able to grow that program and spread the word. And we definitely are being noticed more and people are finding out about more of this programming. But before nobody really knew about it or they'll say, what do you mean I can come to a school for free and you can teach a driver's ed class on distracted driving or just smaller topics. And same with the elementary school kids. They do bike to school days and with the local police officers. And a lot of schools didn't know that we were able to participate in them. It's hard for them to find volunteers and we're always here to help wherever we can in any safety related topic. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you said about the pedestrian issues in Newtown Township. Can you just kind of explain if you can what that means or kind of what you're doing in Newtown? Yeah, definitely. So I've been working with the police chief of Newtown a little bit. He had reached out. He saw some of our stuff online and kind of wanted to know what we could do moving forward. So it's not as easy as it can be. So it takes some time to figure out a solution. But they had a few fatal accidents or crashes right in their town in this specific area. And we were trying to figure out exactly why it was happening, if it was a speed limit or if it was a pedestrian issue or a driver issue. It's right in town, so there's a lot of restaurants and bars. So we were kind of working together to see that and kind of improve that a little bit. So we've been working. We're going to have something coming out in May. We're having a press conference with PennDOT, and we're kind of kicking off the Memorial Day weekend in the summer to kind of remind people of the rules of the road and to slow down and watch for pedestrians. And it's not just about the other cars on the road. It's about those pedestrians as well. We've hit different businesses and kind of asked if they can hang a sign or just to see what we can do. And we're working on hopefully having some studies done in the future to see exactly where we can go from a logistical standpoint and not just that education. Yeah, I think that's something, I mean, TMA, you guys really do so much from the schools and kind of, you know, fun trainings and then, you know, something as serious as this. Is there anything else just that you kind of want people in Bucks County to know, like what's the easiest way to kind of reach out to you guys and just like why these trainings are so important? Yeah, I think being in Bucks County and like I mentioned before, it's such a big county and there's so much happening always from day to day, whether it's upper, lower, middle Bucks County, there's all different things and everyone's moving all the time and everyone kind of just needs to learn to slow down and remember to be safe on the road. And that's kind of our number one initiative is to help reduce those crashes in Bucks County in any way that we can. So you can follow us always on social media. We have a Facebook page. Our Twitter account is at TMA Bucks. And then check out our website. You can find out what we're working on or where we were that week with schools and the community centers. And that is www.tmabucks.com. And that's a great resource as well. Links you to all of our pages um, on social media and every avenue as well. Great. Thanks, Carly, so much for kind of explaining TMA Bucks a little bit and how people in Bucks County can benefit from what you guys offer. Thank you for having me. We're very excited to keep moving in Bucks County and growing our programs. Well, that's it for this episode of Bucks County Conversations. Thanks again to Carly. Be sure to follow TMA Bucks on social media. During the summer, their air quality ratings can really come in handy. And thanks again to Rich, who, as you heard, wants you to stay off your phones and have more conversations. 
I'll ask you to do both. Tell someone about Bucks County Conversations and tell someone to follow us in their podcast feed or on social media. Just search Bucks County Gov. That's Bucks County G-O-V-T. And here's some other stuff that's happening in the county. The Bucks County Senior Games are starting up soon. There's so many options like bocce, horseshoes, chess, bowling, even swimming and scavenger hunts. The list is endless. So if you're a resident 50 and up, check it out. It's buckscounty.gov slash senior games. Signups close mid-May. Games are played throughout June. Our Parks Department is also kicking off some spring events in early May, followed by the opening of our boats and tennis courts, campsites, and more. Be sure to check them out online and social. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Charlotte Reese. This is Bucks County Conversations.